We're back with another edition of Making Money with Ron Hebert, the financial coach, retired portfolio manager. I'm Gord Whitehead, a retired broadcaster. Ron and I have known each other for decades. We love to talk about things financial. And now we want to get into a new season of Making Money, Ron, here in the new year with 2020 clearly in the rearview mirror. Maybe for this particular episode, somebody out there right now is on the verge of retiring. And uh, God bless you for that. You made it through. But you should really prepare for your retirement, shouldn't you? Retirement is something that you just don't want to arrive on the doorstep on with having actually thought it through. Now, occasionally it's going to happen for you because you're going to get a knock on your door one morning at work or, uh, frankly, most people tend to be cowards these days, so you tend to get the email that says, Dear Employee, uh, we your services are no longer required. Your yet. services are no longer required, and here are the options, and we're going to have a retirement consultant sit down with you and over the next 30 days explore your future. Well, that happens to some people, but for most people, the retirement trajectory is still something they have some control of. And you want to make sure that you start planning at least five years in advance of your retirement date and uh, because uh, it takes considerable financial restructuring to make that transition nice and smooth. You want to make the transition, Gord, like the when you're coming to an airport and you're sitting in a, a 777 aircraft and that you've got that long, slow, smooth glide path to the runway. And that's what you want your retirement to look like. Because a lot of people just underestimate that they are probably going to live longer than they thought they would. You know, I've got a chart here that uh, you're looking at as well. And at 65, you've got a 76% chance of living 10 years, a 38% chance of living 20 years, and a 5% chance of living 30 years. In other words, living to 95. If you're 70, you've got a 65% chance to make it to 80, a 20% chance to make it to 90, and if you're 75, you've got a, a 49% chance of making it to 85. So, you know, there's a, a good possibility that you've got a good 15 years after you retire and maybe more. And so you want to make sure that it's not just haphazard. You've actually planned to get there. And, you know, that number keeps changing, too. My wife and I were watching a show just a couple of weeks ago where they had a geneticist on there and was talking about half of the children who are born today are going to live to be a hundred. Isn't that amazing? It is. Well, I mean, medical science has done a lot of wonderful things over the years, and, and longevity is, is going up forever. Those people are going to have their hands full planning their retirements when that comes about, I would think. <laughs> I think but, so. so. But do you have to make a, like when you talk about having a plan, Ron, what, how did you lay yours out? Well, I sat down and I made myself a life plan, and I highly recommend that if you're going to retire and you've got a date already picked out and the company you're working for or maybe you're self-employed, you can see that, that flight path to the, run, the retirement runway pretty clearly. Well, if you start five years in advance, you want to make a life plan so that you transition into retirement knowing what you're doing rather than just being pushed into the deep end of the pool and flailing around until somebody throws you a life ring to bail you out. So I've got a number of things that I wanted to figure out before I retired. Number one, you want to figure out where you want to live. Now, that doesn't mean having 
necessarily having to leave the place and all your friends. Uh, but maybe you want to spend your time down south for the winter. Maybe you want to explore that. I know lots of people who never thought they could afford retiring down south for the winter, and they went to some of these communities that have trailers. And they have had a very, very nice lifestyle. And, you know, I mean, I've got people who have come back and say, well, the guy that lives next to me is worth $10 million. The guy that lives next to him is worth $15 million. And they live in these places. You know, it's not just trailer trash who live in, in retirement homes, especially down south. So many of these places, you can, you can live very economically. And there's tons of stuff to do there. They have golf. They have pools. They have all kinds of courses you can take. And so, you know, if you can't afford a lot, there still might be a niche for you. So you want to check this out, and you want to start making some moves. Maybe before you retire, it's actually a good time to to uh, to buy a, a property down south. You know, I know uh, we had a property out on the coast, and we planned to spend plenty of time out there after we retired. And so uh, we bought that property 20 years ago. So... Uh, we planned a long time in advance of where we wanted to live, at least part-time. You also want to look at, what am I going to do to stay physically healthy? You know, retiring and then sitting on the couch watching Golf Channel all day long or, or the, the uh, channel that has all these love stories, these uh, romantic comedies, sitting there eating bonbons all day isn't healthy. You need to have a plan. Are you going to take up golf? Do you want to take up fly fishing? Uh, do you want to walk across Canada? Do you want to hike all the trails in your area? Do you want to join a hiking club? Do you want to play hockey or whatever you want to do? I mean, COVID obviously is short-circuited some of that. But what are you going to do to stay healthy? What are you going to do to fill those essentially 40 hours a week that you had with work? Well, you know, if you exercise an hour a day, you're going to be way healthier, and that's going to also allow you to meet other people. Uh, then you go on to, what am I going to do to stay mentally healthy? And, Gord, you know, that is just so important because if we don't stay mentally healthy, we start to, uh, cognitively, we start to decline. So we have to be active. Yeah, and that's like we talked about in previous episodes. Sit down, read a good book, do the crossword puzzle every day. Uh, do Sudoku, whatever. Keep your brain engaged. That's so key to to living well. You know, and one of the things that, that we decided to do, for example, to keep ourselves engaged, was uh, we started this podcast. And the purpose of the podcast is really to give people good financial information so they can learn and make good financial decisions. But that's one way to keep yourself mentally healthy is, is when you're preparing to do a podcast every week, you've got to have your face in the book, you've got to be learning, and then just the whole process of producing this stuff and putting it on air it just keeps you out of the bars at night exactly yeah what do i do to stay socially healthy like interactions with people and that's been a challenge ron uh, since march of last year with covid and and some of the restrictions that have come along it's it's taken its toll on people because the social interaction has really taken a, a significant dip. But thanks to technology, things like FaceTime and WhatsApp or whatever your, your app of choice happens to be, you can still talk to people. Absolutely. And, you know, even during the summer, what we did was we'd put out chairs in our backyard and we'd physically distance each chair by about 10 feet. And they say to, stay apart six feet. Well, we put 
usually about 10 chairs out. So we'd make a big, big circle in our yard. And we'd tell people, look, we're going to make this really simple. You bring what you want to drink. You bring what you want to eat. So we're not having to put it all in the center and maybe cross-contaminate with, with people touching stuff. So that we, but it gives us a chance to get together. So <clears throat> we provided the chairs. We wiped them all down and we set them all out. And then people would come, usually uh, around dinner time, and they would bring something that they wanted to eat. I mean, some, some the, one of the guys always just brought a bag of chips and a bottle of wine. <laughs> well, a pretty simple diet right there. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, really simple. I mean, it doesn't have to be that much, but we sat there for hours and we just we solved all the world's problems and we laughed and we had a great time. So even today, you've got to be a little bit more creative, but you can still be socially healthy. And of course, when the world turns back to normal, uh, you know, and uh, we, my wife and I had a plan where we try to invite someone over for dinner at least once a week so that socially we get out and, and we go on picnics with people, we go for walks with people. Uh, we try to do all kinds of things where we're socially out there. So that's really important to stay healthy, and I think that's one of the big problems people are finding with these shutdowns right now is that social interaction has been curtailed, and, of course, people are, are the level of depression has been going up not only in Canada but virtually everywhere where they're having these big shutdowns. So you've got to maintain uh, social interaction with your family and your friends. Even if it's just texting, you just have to have a regular activity where you're getting out there and being socially active. And the final one that you had on this list, I know, was what, what were you going to do to give retirement meaning and purpose? And one of those things was dispensing this information in this podcast. Certainly. And, you know, we in, we're involved in, in other charitable uh, causes where we go out and uh, visit people who are sick and do other things. So we try to make sure that that our life has some real meaning and purpose, not just idling the last few uh, years we have, um, you know, watching the, watching the Golf Channel or whatsoever. So, and you also want to be uh, make sure that you're creatively healthy, you know. So take up a hobby or learn to do something new. You know, you can learn to do photography. You can join all kinds of clubs. If you just go online and look at the number of clubs out there, uh, you can be socially engaged in just about anything you want. If you want to learn to make rockets or uh, you want to learn how to program a computer, there's all kinds of stuff that you can do. Master swim teams, oh, it, it's just endless. And, and finally, you want to look after and you, you want to have a plan for what you're going to do to stay financially healthy. And so um, you're going to go from working where... You're responsible for generating profits for the company you work for, or it might be your own company, to you're essentially going to become your full-time money manager. So even if you've got somebody helping with you with that, you want to stay on top of it, and you want to learn. So take some courses, read some books. Um, in previous weeks, we, we just discussed uh, the, best the best financial books of the year. If you go online and look at what were the best books, you'll find just endless amounts of the top five or top ten lists of best books to read. Take some courses, read some books, get better at managing your money because your money will go further if you do. 
And there's a key here, too, that if you're in a relationship, uh, you, you should, with your spouse or your significant other, sort of coordinate your thinking on this, right? Because you don't want to end up at that point in your life where you've both retired and you sit there and stare at each other. You know, being in the industry, Gord, I've seen it too many times where people had very, very different visions of what their retirement was going to look like. And they never really bothered to sit down. I mean, maybe they've had a ca- they had a casual comment here or there of, of what they needed to do or what they were looking forward to do in, in retirement. But they never had a chance to really sit down and sort of fuse those two visions of retirement into one. You know, where do we want to live? What do we want to do? And how much is this going to cost? So if, if one person's got plans to, to spend a lot of money and the other one is saying, well, look, we can't afford that, and the only way we'd be able to afford that lifestyle is if I do nothing, then all of a sudden you get bitterness in a relationship and it can have some real long-term issues. So sit down ahead of time, and everybody should come to the table with a number of things that they want to do. And there's going to be individual things you want to do. There's going to be things your spouse or partner wants to do. And then there's going to be a fusion of things that you want to do together. And you need all three of those things. Then you need to sit down and cost them out. You need to be able to make sure you can afford them. And then you need to go back. And if you can't afford them, uh, then there's a number of things you've got to do. But probably some of it is cut back on the things that you want to do and just focus on the most important of them. And, and then you're going to get buy-in from the, the other half of your significant other, and it's going to make your retirement flow a lot smoother. Okay, so there's lots of ways to prepare for this, and we want to break this into two shows. We're going to give you some ideas as to how to move forward with this plan for retirement, some of the key elements you should be thinking about, and we'll get to that in our next episode. But before we leave this week, Ron, another question from one of our listeners from Steve You mentioned third-party or investment advice from both Investment Reporter and Value Line, from types of subscriptions and costs associated with each type. Question, what level of services do you recommend for do-it-yourselfers? Well, I would start where they have a, I think they have a service that really covers about five or 600 stocks, and that's the cheapest. So you're getting the biggest companies in North America, a lot of Canadian companies in Value Line's research as well. And you want to start with that. I, I think their full service gives you information, research on 1,800 different companies. And frankly, most people don't need that level of... Um, well, you wouldn't have the time, for one thing, to sit down and analyze it properly, right? <laughs> very difficult to stay on top of, of, of that, that much research. So if, if you went with the smaller one, and I mean, you, maybe you have an investment club and you've got uh, 20 people there and they can all tear down part of that list... But I would just start with the smallest list, and then if you find you need more, just sort of add to it as you go along. Because, frankly, if you've got 600 companies to follow, there's going to be enough choices in there. As we've talked about in previous episodes, and go back and check those previous episodes, we'll tell you about sectors you should look at and some of the asset allocation that follows on that. There you go. Good advice from the financial coach, Ron Hebert, which he dispenses on a regular basis here on Making Money, I might point out. Uh, We'll be back next week with part two of your pre-retirement checklist, how to get going ahead to retirement and make that a smooth transition. On behalf of Ron Hebert, the financial coach, I'm Gord Whitehead. We'll talk to you next week. The information presented is derived from sources believed to be reliable. 
This material is presented for information purposes only and does not constitute investment advice. Before acting on any investment information, a person should seek advice from an investment professional. The presenters may or may not hold positions in the securities discussed on this show and will not be responsible for any losses sustained from acting on this information.